Patrick, it's always great to kick the week off getting to look at a bright, shining, smiley face. I love that I get to see yours, and one of the reasons why I love it is because I know it has been provided to you by a Sonicare that you can get totally free of charge if you get a, a cleaning, an x-ray, or an exam down there at Green Mountain Dental Group. Yes, our friends in Lakewood, they are huge sports fans. They'll take care of your teeth and they'll talk to you about the Rockies while they do it. You know you can trust them. You know that they'll take care of you. You know that they'll hand over a free Sonicare so you can get a smile as beautiful as Patrick's. And all you got to do is schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental today. And Go. In the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Yeah. Feeling it today. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by StravaCraft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off your entire purchase of that deliciously rich, infused with CBD and potentially life-altering StravaCraft coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is our beat writer, Patrick Lyons, and on today's episode, we dive deep into the Colorado Rockies roster, giving you our predictions and preferences for who should make the Colorado Rockies now 30-man roster plus an extra three guys on the taxi squad. That's 33 people we are going to have to organize for you today. It's going to be fun diving into it. Who's going to make the cut? Who's going to just miss? Who's going to be on standby? Before we get into all of that, Patrick, there are a couple of observations from the last few days, and I'd like to put them under the umbrella of a, of a special comment here at the very beginning, uh, if I may, because I, I tweeted out a lot of things yesterday about Nolan Arenado on account of him hitting two home runs and a 4-3 to three win for the Purples over the pinstripes in roughly five innings of baseball-ish competition. Um and, you know, there, there's a lot of people excited about it. There's a lot of people who chose to take the cynical route and suggest that, uh, you know, the Rockies pitching has been horrible. Not only that, but Nolan Arenado has hit six home runs in the last three days of, of live BP, where, where pitchers are, are legitimately trying to get him out um, and not succeeding <laughs> very, very much. And, uh, you know, the... I remember getting some emails a while ago that, that some people's favorite podcast that I did a long time ago is when I broke down the electronic strike zone debate using logical fallacies, which surprised the hell out of me that anyone thought that was among the most entertaining podcasts. But it gives me an opportunity to bring that out one more time and remind people about false dichotomy, false dilemma, sometimes referred to as black and white or uh, reducing things to a binary. Obviously, in an instance where the Colorado Rockies are playing themselves, <laughs> there is only going to be outcomes that are 
can be seen either positive for the hitter, negative for the pitcher, both for your team. That's just the nature of it, right? That's why we talk so much about process on this podcast, about being able to separate all these things. And Patrick, this is really interesting because now we're at a time where we have to do all of this on a number of levels. We have to separate, you know, result from process. John Gray hung a slider to Nolan that he got. Is John Gray hanging a lot of sliders? That's the question, right? Uh, Tim Collins and Jesus Tinoco are who Nolan Arenado got yesterday. Are those key members of this team? Are they going to be there? Does it speak to the quality of the bullpen? Does it speak to what Nolan Arenado can do against pitchers who aren't quite ready or aren't at that level? There's so many moving pieces here that we've got to be extra careful, even more than we would be in a normal spring training about getting into the statistical breakdowns and and the results-oriented analysis. If you take the false dichotomy, you would say that the 2007 Colorado Rockies were a failure. How could you say that? Right, right. You can't. Right. Things aren't right. black and white like that. Like, oh, man, they just, they, they stunk because they didn't win the World Series. No, they, they had, that was their best season in franchise history. And sure, it's, you know, it wasn't a championship, but I mean, it was huge. It, it, it was the, the pinnacle of, of the entire organization uh, getting close to 30 years now. Again, when you put things in context, obviously, you know, you, you, you would never say such a thing. So you, you, you phrase it in such a good way of like, okay, well, who is it against? It's, it's just like any spring training number, right? Uh, we, we've, we've talked about how baseball reference has now done that where they've uh, created some type of quotient to uh, categorize the the talent of the opposing player that um, the player had success against. So if you right. look and say, oh my gosh, Ryan Rollison, he had a two ERA in six innings. Well, when did he do that? Oh, well, he was actually just coming up in the eighth and ninth inning, and he was just facing other double-A ball players. So nice. was does he deserve a spot on the squad? You know, so same thing would go for Nolan Arenado. Like, okay, wow, he hit, you know, two home runs on back-to-back days. Yeah, but uh, it was actually because they inserted him late as a DH, and he was hitting against double-A pitchers. Well, he should be doing that. Yeah. So let's kind of put it in that in that better context uh, and like you said, Tim Collins and Jesus Tinoco, they are obviously the fringier players, and we're going to get to that in our latter two segments. Like these guys are, you want them to be major league ready players, and we think they are close to it, but they are in that quadruple A level until they present themselves as quality major league relievers. But up until this point, especially considering the fact that these guys haven't faced live pitching in three months, you go, good for Nolan Arenado, and let's put a question mark next to these pitchers. And that's really the best way to look at it. it, it precisely right. And, and you know, the, the best conclusion you can come to is, like, Nolan looks right out there. And here's the other thing of, of not drawing this, this false dichotomy. And this actually happened, to when we were doing our schedule show, and we were pointing out that the Dodgers have among the easiest strength of schedule, and the Rockies have among the hardest and a lot of people and and this is again where you're you're not making a a total logical leap when you say well the Dodgers don't have to play the Dodgers and that does decrease their strength of schedule that they basically instead of having to play themselves which is not possible they replace that with playing the Rockies and if you're looking at the Rockies schedule from or uh, uh, record from a year ago 
then obviously that's going to make them look poorer. However, and here's how you defeat this logic, both the, that strength of schedule thing and the Nolan's hit six home runs, but that's actually not good. It just means that Rocky's pitching sucks. Here's, here's how you defeat that. If it's a one-to-one -one comparison, it has to stand up across the board. The Dodgers should be number one on the list. Number two should be Yankees. Number three should be the Astros. And, you know, number four, it should go on down. It should have a direct correlation, a one-to-one -one direct correlation between your talent a year ago, your, your record from a year ago, and your strength of schedule. But the Twins were number one. And you can't say, well, the Twins don't have to play themselves. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't work that way, right? And so it's the same thing with this Nolan Arenado situation. Nolan Arenado's hit six home runs in the last three days. Ah, Rocky's pitching some. Rocky's pitching is handling themselves fine against everybody else. Uh, now, Jake McGee, not so much. He doesn't look great, and that doesn't surprise anybody. Brian Shaw hasn't looked great. Jake McGee gave up a no-doubt home run to Drew Butera yesterday. You, you take note of these things, but if it... Trevor Story doesn't have six home runs in the last three days. David Dahl doesn't have six home runs in the last three days. Sam Hilliard, Ryan McMahon, Daniel Murphy doesn't have six home runs in the last three days. No one's even close. And they're all hitting against some of these guys. Ryan Rollison looked great out there. And he got Nolan to roll and do a double play in the first. And, and you take note of that inning one. Uh, so, no, it, you can, if you can draw that line, you have to be able to take a one-to-one -one comparison and say, if it's just that Rocky's pitching is terrible, then everyone should be teeing off out there. And that's that's not what we're seeing. Nolan is uniquely, that's why we talk about the differential in baseball. It's always about that thing that's different. There's always a counterexample. You have to measure the difference. And Nolan right now is, he's in a different place, man. I think that's the better point than what I was going to say is that if you think about it in a small sample size, you're like, well, anything can happen. That's why the, we could see a World Series of the Tigers against the Giants, and we're not going to. But that is more likely now. You know, you, you see the percentages of these teams making the playoffs in 162 games is less than 1%, and then you go to 60 games and you go, it's 5 to 10%, right? Um, same thing with the small sample sizes. You know, as, as much criticism as players get for playing in Coors Field, which is obviously not their fault, no one says, yeah, but Nolan Arenado, when he, you know, hits 40 home runs and drives in 125 uh, RBI, you know, each and every year, he's facing those pitchers in the NL West and really dot, dot, dot. No one says that, right? Because right. that's not a small sample size. That's He's doing it over the course of 162 games. And obviously, he's going to be facing some you know, quality pitchers, some all-star pitchers, and some quadruple-A guys that are just needed, you know, at, at, at a given moment. So, you know, take it for what it is. Yeah, Nolan is doing it right now. Other guys aren't yet. And some pitchers are having success. Some aren't. There is nothing you can take from an intra-squad game that's going to make you say, you know what, I need to I need to contact DraftKings and let them know i got to change my bet. Whether, right. it's, whether you're hearing it as just great news or you're hearing it as, up, oh, same old Rockies. There's nothing about what's what happened on on Saturday night and what happens on Sunday night that should change your mind. Other than an injury or something crazy like that, you should still go. All right, these are my guys, and mm, and there's a lot of potential for them to do something. And in 60 games, that potential can really shine. 
these guys also know each other better than anybody. Yeah. And a team like the Rockies, too, that where, where we all know there haven't been a ton of transactions. They've been a very steady unit for a long time. It's like, Nolan knows what these guys have. They're not going to surprise him. He knows what John Gray does, you know. Um, but, yeah, so I, those, these are just all the elements. And, and like you said, yeah, there was one guy that got at me with a comment of like, yeah, let's see what he does against the rest of the pitching in the league. I was like, we've seen what he does against the rest of the pitching in the league. And it's, it's pretty good. And and again, that, that carries over the point. If you could just draw the conclusion that the Rockies pitching is terrible because they give up home runs to Nolan Arenado, then you can conclude that all of the pitching in the national league is terrible because a lot of great pitchers have given up home runs to Nolan Arenado. It's just, that's the problem with binary false dichotomy thinking so we can move away from the philosophy and the logic we can crack open a breck brew and get into it here if you're nearby the farmhouse too i highly highly recommend you swing by you pick up some breckenridge brew and some food you use the code dnvr you'll save five bucks it's always good to order ahead of time these days get a pickup order set for you 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. Our friends over there at the farmhouse will help you out, get you nice and set up with some delicious food, some delicious beer. Again, five bucks off using that code DNVR. And now we get into it, Patrick. We get to jump onto the field. So we we have a question here we should get. Real quickly, let's explain the overall organization of it, and then we'll start to get into the details. Rachel uh, asking, you know, a little confused about the Taxi Squad. We appreciate that you're going to listen into the podcast later. I thought maybe the Taxi Squad was the AAA guys. A lot of people are, are confused by this, Rachel. So uh, she says they have three traveling with them. That is correct. How do the extras who don't make the roster stay in game ready mode? Now, that's a great question to which... I'm not sure we 100% have the answer. The other part we can clarify for you, which is that, yes, you've got it right. There will be a 30-man active roster that will be in uniform, available for Bud Black to call on as he sees fit on a game-to-game basis. And there will be three additional players, the taxi squad, as they're called, who will travel with the team and, as Rachel points out, do their best to stay in game shape, do what they can to make sure they're ready, presumably stake out ball fields in local areas and go get workouts in, those kinds of things, because it is literally their job to be on standby, to be ready at a moment's notice, to be called upon should somebody be injured or test positive or come down with symptoms, whatever it may be. Yeah, you, you've got it right. Like it's it's just kind of a uh, built-in mechanism to it's it's a failsafe, right? It's it's a mechanism to just make sure that the season can trug along, uh, trudge along for better or worse, right? If obviously if there's only um, and we're eventually going to get to the point where there's going to be only twenty six uh, man, uh, twenty six players on the roster on the main roster, and if someone gets hurt and you drastically you know need a, a pitcher for the next day. That player doesn't have to come all the way from Albuquerque to get up to Seattle and connecting right. flight and Tacoma. And now what if that player catches something on, uh, on the flight and now gives it to the entire team? So it's like, you know what? It keeps those additional three players in a bubble. So anybody that's not on the taxi squad, they will be working out at Isotopes Park 
uh, Rio Grande Valley Credit Union. I think I got that name right. <laughs> Park. But they'll be working out in Albuquerque. Those will be the remaining players that are on that 60-man roster so that if something happens, they can make a move accordingly. And, and it might even be just a matter of, well, you know, we used up a guy on the on our taxi squad, but we're not going to, you know, replace that person just yet. We're going to be home in a couple days. I think we'll be fine without it. It's just logistically easier to say, hey, drive up from Albuquerque. We'll meet you there, and then we'll replenish our, our taxi squad. The specifics of that we, we don't really know, but, again, there'll be a, a main team roster. Uh, this year was supposed to be the, the start of the 26-man roster. It's going to start for 30, 30 men on the main roster then in two weeks it'll go down to 28 and then it'll go down to 26 and throughout this time there will be three men on the taxi squad the identities of those guys obviously will change because if you're going from 30 to 26 in the course of two weeks in one day well hey that's four guys there's a good chance that you know, all three of those four guys potentially are going to now be on that taxi squad so yeah. Uh, hopefully that that clarifies that and 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 it it'll it'll allow you you know I think to see a couple extra guys that you would normally uh, not see during the course of the season but what we don't have is roster expansion like we typically see in September and you say wow Sam Hilliard and Roberto Ramos they have they're doing fantastic down there in Albuquerque maybe we're going to see those guys in September well we had the opportunity to see Hilliard we didn't see Ramos. He's, of course, playing over in Korea with the LG Twins. Uh, but now it'll just be, throughout the entire month of September, just that 26-man roster. And the other thing before we dive into it was uh, the restrictions on the type of players that you can carry were also totally lifted. So teams can carry as many pitchers or hitters as they want. They can organize it however they like. I imagine most teams will create a balance. I was a little bit surprised to hear the Rockies say they weren't going to tilt a little extreme uh, on the pitching side, that they were likely to uh, just carry 10 members in the bullpen, uh, so a total of, of 15 pitchers. But that also depends on how you interpret who what their fifth starter is. So, you know, we'll, we'll dive into all of that as well. Um, but let's begin not with the pitching, with the hitting, and let's begin with the most obvious choices because on both sides here we have the shoe-ins, the people that are no surprise that they're going to make the roster, though there may be one here that we have to figure out exactly what to do with. Uh, but obvious ones, you know you're going to have Nolan Arenado at third base, Trevor Story at second base, Ryan McMahon's going to be in there. Oh, I'm sorry, with Trevor Story at shortstop. Excuse me. Ryan McMahon's going to be in there, in there at second base. And Daniel Murphy, for as things are starting, is going to be there at first base. We know there's flexibility there. That, that there are things that they can do, you know, DH or, or not. But Daniel Murphy's at least going to be on the roster if you see him as a first baseman in DH. Whatever. He's there as you go around the infield, right? Yeah, those are the guys you're going to see in the opening day lineup. And I, and I think... Uh, you would probably even include Tony Walters on that list. Like those are the six right. guys you can guarantee are going to be there. And even when we name the other three, most of you out there might say, yeah, all three of those guys need to be in that lineup, maybe two out of the three. But definitively, regardless of if there's a righty or lefty on the hill, I, I firmly believe it'll probably be Lance Lynn on opening day, a righty for, from Texas, um, will be on the hill. 
regardless, those six that we named, Dahl, Story, Arenado, Murphy, McMahon, and Walters, you're going to see them in Texas on July 24th. Right. Uh, the other two outfielders I have being there for sure. Um, now, now this is where this is where it gets weird and interesting, right? I, so I've got Tapia and Hilliard being there for sure on the roster now. If Charlie Blackman is not ready to go, I think that's your starting outfield: Dahl, Tapia, Hilliard. Um, I have assumed health for my list. So I've also got Blackman there. The, you know, the, these are the difficult, the, we don't, we just don't know how Charlie is going to be and, and what it's going to look like. So for me, I've got Charlie Blackman on the list along with Tapia and Hilliard. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, when we, we discussed doing this on the pod and my approach uh, in creating this opening day roster was, you know what? What not? What I would like to see happen, and what in a perfect world would happen if you said, you know, a month ago, you know, make up that that thirty man opening day roster. It's no. What's happening right now, and that's why you know you're you're not going to see Charlie Blackman on my list. And it sounds like, for the most part, Drew, he's he's not on your list because we just we don't know. He's yet to show up in camp, and even if he if he is available on opening day. You know, what is he able to provide the team? Are, are you going to need one at bat late in the game? If so, you put him on that list. Um, if not, you leave him off, allow him to do what he needs to do to get ready. But right now, Charlie Blackman hasn't shown up in camp, so you can't put him on, on, on a roster. So right. uh, I don't have him either. I've got Hilliard and Tapia uh, in right and center field, respectively. And that ultimately leaves one other position. Now, it could be the DH. Uh, it could also be second base, right? Because Ryan McMahon, uh, Drew, you and I, we both have him in the the starting lineup for opening day. If you put him at first base, well, now you got room at second base because Daniel Murphy is the DH. If you put right. him at second base and Murphy is at first, well, now you got room in the DH to put whoever you would like there. So, right. Drew, who do you see as of right now? Again, we still got a way to go to figure out who that person's going to be. Who do you think at this point right now? is going to be the DH on opening day in Texas. I think it's going to be Brendan Rogers. That was who I had originally. Really? Oh originally. man, I thought I was I thought I was throwing stuff. I thought I was going to surprise you with one maybe. I think it's going to be Matt Kemp. Okay. Okay. But okay. I do think he's he's my number 2. I was yeah. kind of talked I was kind of talked away from him a little bit and I'm like, okay, that's fine. We're we're definitely we probably aren't going to see him at second base. We think we can agree on that. You could either right. you could either put Rogers at second, McMahon at first, Murphy DH. But right now, you know, Mer, uh, Rogers, you know, again with the labrum surgery, they might want to bring him along slowly. It actually might be better right now, uh, in late July, to have Rogers. Hey, just hit for right now, and you could do that. I see it'll be Matt Kemp at least again just for opening day. Um, for the simple fact of, of what that lineup construction would look like, and you're, you're going to want to have a lot of someone. Yeah, you have you got a lot of lefties, which again is lefties all three spots in the outfield, second, first, and catcher. So only yeah. Story and Nato, or yeah. So I think yeah. again, you know, Matt Kemp, much like Matt Holiday, we we talked about that a bunch. I think Matt Kemp uh, would do well to break up Murphy at cleanup and Ryan McMahon batting six. I think that's a good 
you know, separation right there. Um, and not to get in the weeds too much, would you hit Tony Walters ninth or would you hit Ryan Maltapia ninth or maybe even somebody else? Do you like the idea of that double leadoff or do you see it just as, hey, the better hitter I want just higher in the lineup, even if it is hit eighth? You know, it, it depends on who's leading off. If they decide to what I, what I would do, um, yeah, no, let's get into lineup stuff real quick. Why not? <laughs> um, if Dahl is leading off, and I really like the idea of Dahl leading off, and I really like the idea of Story hitting right behind him. Again, this is in a world where Charlie Blackman is in the middle of your order. Let me put Sam Hilliard as a stand-in for Charlie Blackman for now. Hilliard. I don't think it's even out of the realm of possibility. Throw him in there at three. That's even more interesting to complete the idea of what I'm saying. For me, speed doesn't work as a full concept, as an offensive concept in baseball, unless you stack it up against each other. Then it really starts to pay dividends. So if you put Ryan Altapia in the nine spot, which I really like, and that's in front of Dahl, Story, Hilliard, Arenado at cleanup being the only guy now. Now you you know that's where your speed stops. That's where the square wheels come in. Uh, all those guys in front of him to run around the bases. Any number of the guys I just named, if they get on first base in front of Nolan Arenado and he hits the ball in the gap, they will score at Coors Field. Tapia, Dahl, Story, and Hilliard. So I really like the idea of doing that. And you know I want to see Tapia get as many at bats as possible. But I think nine may be the the perfect place for him in a world with a DH, especially where it's not this like you're, it feels like you're punishing him by putting the pitcher in front of him in this weird thing. It's just like, no, like hit behind these slower veteran guys who who bring a bit more pop. Then you start us going again and be that second leadoff hitter. I love it. You might be setting him up for more success with David Dahl batting behind him rather than Tony Walters. And you also say, Hey, Ryan L, you know, I, I know, <laughs> that's that that's if, if you're if you're from the Dominican Republic you that's you get off the island by hitting you hit off the island you don't walk off the island but right. you say in 2020 hey dude if you can if you can draw a base on balls you're gonna have guys behind you driving you in you're gonna be scoring more runs again overall that's going to be a facet of your game that's going to improve and again that's that's something that you can really you know play up on and Tapia knows that Look at his numbers in the minor leagues when David Dahl hit behind him. That's when he was at his absolute best. Uh, those guys those guys know how to work as a little tandem at the top of the order, or as we're saying here, sort of a re, re-top of the order. For sure. Love it. So that, that's your just your starting nine. Um, yep. the only, we only differ on Kemp versus Rogers as, as the ninth guy in the lineup, somewhere in there. Right. Uh, how many other hitters do you have? Are you going a good 15-15 split? You have fourteen hitters. Yeah, sixteen hitters. 15, I went. 15? I went fifteen, fifteen split. Okay. Uh, again, mostly because I, I. It's just what I think they're going to do. Right. As that's, much that's as anything. Goal. That's our job um, right now. Is what they're right. going to do versus right. maybe what we would like to see. Right. Uh, so yeah, with Rod now, I've got Kemp borderline still making this thing. So it's interesting. You've got him. You know, in the opening day lineup, because I'm I'm iffy. I'm, I do think he makes the roster. I do have him on the bench. So I've got Rodgers and Kemp on the bench. You got to have backup catcher, as everyone well knows. And so I've got Elias Diaz in there as the catcher on the bench. Uh, and then my other hitters on the bench, I've got Garrett Hampson, who I think is is the best 
uh, bet among them because he brings so many tools. And I think the team is very interested in his uh, future in the organization and, and what he can ultimately bring. And two others. Right? Unless I've done my math incorrectly. Um, Josh have, Fuentes. You should have four others. I should have four others. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I see I see now where I did it. Where I, I, I see where I did others. it. Because yes. I've, I've got three. a bubble. Yeah, yeah, because I've got a bubble here. So here, here are the two I'm I'm much more confident in making the roster right now. Josh Fuentes and Chris Owings. I've got both of them pretty comfortably on the team. I think Owings is a guy they just trust his ability to play defense at seven different spots on the field, to run well. Um, to maybe run into a ball every once in a while and hit a home run, but he's not there for his bat. Um, In a season where the rosters are expanded, the individual games matter that much more. Having a guy on your bench who's a late-game defensive replacement anywhere you need him or a pinch runner off the bench anytime you need him, um, you know, the fact that he just doesn't bring much with the bat doesn't bother you as much since he's so good in those other areas. So that's what I have. Yeah, so uh, Fuentes, Owings, Hampson, I think those guys are, are locks for the team. Then you've got either Rogers or Kemp filling in that fourth spot. Um, so that would leave one more position player. Uh, ultimately, I, I've got Jonathan Daza as that, that final guy on the roster. And, you know, at, at once we get down to 28 players and 26, I, I don't think you're going to – you know, see as much of him. He, he will, will move on to the taxi squad. But at least here in this early going, with there being only four true outfielders between Tapia, Dahl, and Hilliard, and Matt Kemp, who you're not sure what you're going to get out of him defensively, you might right. need Jonathan Daza, you know, to be a, a defensive replacement late in the game if you like a different kind of matchup. Or if ultimately you've got Tony Walters uh, making the final out of the ninth inning and he's on second base to start the 10th. Okay, Daza, you are in there now on second base. That's where his value comes in. And I actually have Drew Butera uh, as the, the backup catcher, at least in this early going. Now, both Diaz and Butera are going to need to be added to the 40-man roster, so there's no difference in that. Um, but right. because Diaz only just got in camp on Friday, you know, I do worry about his ability to ramp up right away. I, I think he becomes the the catcher on the taxi squad um, in the early going. Uh, I, actually, I'm not sure. I might even have Dom Nunez. I, I have to go down and, and look. But you could see Diaz maybe maybe protected for right now since he's starting behind schedule. We don't know you know, what kind of practice he was getting in Venezuela. So I think right now the, the safer bet might be Butera. And uh, that that's ultimately three guys that now that you have to put on your 40-man roster because all those same rules apply. You can have 60 guys on that that 60-man summer camp roster, but the same rules apply. If you want them to play in games, they need to be on your 40-man roster. So the Rockies would need to have three corresponding moves, and two of them are right there for the taking. Ian Desmond is going to be on the restricted list because he has opted out. That creates one spot. Justin Lawrence, unfortunately, is still suspended. Uh, uh, for for PEDs right. from last year, so that's two guys on the restricted list. Just like twelve years ago, yeah, and then and then there's a third guy, and we don't know what that's going to be. And you know, there there's a couple guys that still haven't showed up to camp yet. There or there's there's guys also that have been banged up. We haven't seen in action, so you could see one of those guys go on the sixty day IL. 
this year, that 60-day IL is actually a 45-day IL. I know. That's, that sounds weird. <laughs> I know. But that's another way that you can create room on the 40, man. So it, the, the roster is tight. The roster is tight. Tyler Nevin is actually, according to you and I, since we're on the same page here, Tyler Nevin is ultimately the only position player not going to Texas. He's the only guy that will not be on that opening day roster. So it's not like you know you, you've got a lot of wiggle room. You're gonna you'd have to get rid of a pitcher, and all the pitchers that are not going to make the the opening day roster, they're all guys that are on the forty man that you know have that upside that you go shoot. If we try to pass him through waivers, we may very easily lose him. So it, it becomes tricky, and I think uh, Ben Bowden could be that guy. I know he had, had some back issues. We haven't seen him uh, active yet, so you know we don't know if he'll go on the 45-day IL. Peter Lambert, uh, we heard from Bud Black saying that you know Lambert won't be on the, the opening day roster, at, at least at first. He could be more of a taxi squad guy, or maybe they even decide to shut him down for the entirety of the season, and that's where you create that third roster spot in order to have both uh, rather have all three of Kemp, Owings, and a catcher, which will ultimately, for a majority of the season, be Elias Diaz. Yeah, and and that's why you know I I did the thing I, I did earlier with my math because my bubble guys were either Daza slotting him in there, which I think is what will happen, and I think you're right, and, and I think that's correct. I don't think that they'll carry three catchers. I don't think there's any reason to do that with a taxi squad, and so part of me thought of taking. Butera or Nunez as well as Diaz, but I don't think that that's the case. And then the other out that I tried to come up with for that problem was actually taking none of them and adding an additional pitcher into the situation, which which I honestly think they should strongly consider. I don't know that you need Daza on the roster. I, I like the young man. I like what he brings. And you could apply a lot of what I said about Chris Owings to Jonathan Daza. He doesn't bring much with the bat. Great athlete, great defender. He's a better runner. Uh, he's younger. He's got more potential upside there. But honestly, they're very similar players. Uh, but Daza doesn't play shortstop or first base or second or third. Um, and, and Owings can do all of those things. And so... Yeah, I'd I'd consider going with the extra bullpen guy, and you'll understand why in a minute as we start to run through our pitchers here. Before we do that, if you enjoy the pitch, you got to get out there on it, but not the real pitch, the digital pitch. You got to pick up WGT Golf over there at dnvrgolf.com. It's the most beloved free golf game in the world, loved by over 20 million people, including the two of us, pretty much everybody here in the DNVR community, the entire DNVR staff. You can join us in our Country Club 1 or Country Club 2. Keep joining. Force us to make that Country Club 3 because it has been so much fun playing this game against all of you out there. Closest to the hole or full stroke play, on world-famous courses, including Pebble Beach, Bethpage, Black, St. Andrews, and more. We're having near-weekly tournaments on the weekends. You can join us. It's a whole lot of fun. You can post your score. You can challenge us, creating all kinds of weird fast greens. and It's just been so much crazy, so much fun getting into it. Again, it's totally free. You can play on your laptop or your phone. You download it at dnvrgolf.com and join us this weekend for the pebble toss closest to the pin. You don't even have to get it in the hole. Surely I can be good at that, Patrick. I don't they say that close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Incorrect. 
close will count this weekend at the DNVR Golf WGT Golf Tournament. So make sure you download that app. Join us. It's going to be fun. And if that's not your speed, I got another sport for you then. Look, if look if 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 golf's not your thing, now it's not that it has to be one or the other. True. Whether you want to go to the other end. Yeah. Golf is too fast for me. What have you got? Too far. All right, all right. Try this. <laughs> How about a little rugby? Ooh. Patrick, did you hear the news, dude? This is so cool. Like there's some big if, news that broke nationally. I mean, it's technically worldwide I think, news. I think so. It's probably bigger news at like in New Zealand and stuff than it is right here right now. But I don't think it's part of the world. It is very much part of the world. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that case for much longer. Rugby has been in the United States of America for a long time. As you all know, you've, you've become diehard Raptors fans like we did there for a while. But now you've got Colorado rugby. The Infinity Center Park there in Glendale is the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. That means that Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States. Our state gets to be the home of this movement. You want to show what we can do, not just because you're you're a proud Coloradan and sports fan, but you want to prove that we can take that thing to the next level, not just, you know, hey, pay attention to our Rockies and our Nuggets and our Avs that we know don't get enough respect. The Broncos do fine. Uh, <laughs> look, they do fine. Look, they do fine. They actually, and that's not even totally the case. It took uh, Pat Bolin way too long to get into the Hall of Fame. It took Steve Atwater way too long to get into the Hall of Fame. Let's be the leader for a change. Let's take this DNVR rugby community to the next level. Follow Colton Strickler. Uh, listen in on the podcast. Find out what you can do to make sure that you know when this sport comes back, Colorado becomes known as the place that made rugby viable in the United States of America. Let's go. Preach. Yeah, that's so cool. It's like obviously the you know Olympic training facilities down in Colorado Springs. And I know, you know, rugby is is not like a, a big four sport, but it's obviously growing. And again, it's a national sport and it's like the best athletes of that sport. And they're just great athletes in general. And they're gonna be here awesome. in Colorado. And yeah. it's like when you see the best, you know, uh, in, in a certain sport doing the thing that they do best, you get a whole brand new appreciation for it. And when you go and see those guys, you're like, wow, I knew nothing about the sport going into this, didn't even care about it. But now look at what these guys are doing. Like that, any sport, you, you, you could do that if, if you saw the best of the best. And now that's that's right in our backyard. That's right here in Colorado. It's like you'd be crazy to not go and, and be a part of that, especially if you have kids too. Like they're just going to be inspired by this. And it's like there's going to be a whole new generation of future Olympians and, and, and future rugby players coming right out of here at Colorado. So, you know, just to be a part of that is really, man, it's exciting just yeah. to see what the future yeah. holds. The best in the world right here in our backyard. So if, like, if you're listening to this right now, you're probably on your phone or on your computer. You should be following DNVR Rugby on Twitter, man. Let's build them up. Let's help them out because this is big. This is huge. This is a moment for our state, for sports fans in this state to come together, make this thing happen. It's a state-of-the-art facility, and you're going to get to see the best in the world. Uh, I know I'm going to be out there, so hopefully we'll we'll see you at the, at the ballpark, as it were, the pitch. Both of the, They're still on the pitch. All right, let's get back to the ballpark and get into the pitching. 
Patrick, because there are fewer slam dunks. And it's funny because I was just making this argument today about people don't often realize that for the last several years, the Rockies pitching has been better as an overall group than the Rockies hitting. And we can dive into that, why that's true on another podcast some other time. But it is still the case that there are less slam dunk guys here. Let's get into them. Starting pitchers, your top three, you know, are going to be there. John Gray, Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland. No questions asked. Um, I think that there is a 99% chance that Antonio Senzatella is the fourth starter on this team. Whether he's that or some other role, there's a 100% chance that if healthy, Antonio Senzatella makes this roster. So there's four starting pitchers for you. Let's put a pin in that for, for just a second. Yeah, did I, you want to give us your... Exactly yeah. what I got. Yeah. I got I got those uh, guys, and, and um, I don't know the order necessarily that you, you have them in. If you would put Marquez over Gray for right now, I would. Sure. Yeah. Um, but right, Marquez, Gray, Freeland, one through three. Uh, I do have Senzatella as a fourth, but they only need four guys. So maybe you even, again, if, if you like the matchup better uh, against Oakland in game four, you maybe say, okay, Chichi Gonzalez, I have him as being in those top five guys. Uh, I, I think I would imagine you also have Jeff Hoffman making the roster. I think that's a no doubt. Um, again, when, once you sit down and actually create a 30-man based on you know the information that we have, it's a little bit easier than you might think. As I said, Tyler Nevin, as far as hitters goes, is the only guy that doesn't fit. I mean, I don't think Eric Stamets is, is, is quite there yet. Um, it's a lot to ask of, of Alan Trejo. And again, Every guy that you put on the 40-man that isn't already there, you got to have somebody come off. And that's where right. it really becomes so tricky. But uh, who do you have as that, as that fifth starter then between Chichi Gonzalez and Jeff Hoffman? Who are you leaning towards right now? Who do you think the Rockies are leaning towards right now? I think given the unique nature of the season – they're going to give Jeff Hoffman the opportunity to start games. I don't know if they'll do that out of the gate. Um, and, I, and I think they'll do that knowing, you know, they can have a short leash on him. So if he goes out there and he just doesn't have it, as in a game last year when he went out and gave up seven runs in the first inning, that was Dom Nunez's major league debut that night. Um, before he gives up run five <laughs> this season, maybe uh, – you get him out of there, but I'm I'm inclined to lean in in your direction, knowing they prefer to play it safe. That at least at the beginning it'll be Chichi Gonzalez, that Jeff Hoffman will be around, that they'll get a few looks at him out of the pen, and if he performs in those instances, they will give him the opportunity to start. I think that's that's probably the way it'll go. It's it's hard to be told, hey, you are not the guy. You don't. You're not going to be a starter, at least at first, right? And over yeah. the course of a 162 game season, you got to go. Shoot, I got to really work my butt off for about three weeks, because and that's in the best case scenario. I work my butt off for three weeks, and maybe somebody in the rotation gets hurt, or that guy that you picked over me doesn't get the job done, and now I've got it. Well, now you say, Jeff, look, we just Chichi, man, he's he's got he's the hot hand. He's got everything going. You have a couple things you got to work on, but you are our first guy, and this is a 60-game season. Two bad starts, and somebody's out of the rotation. That could even be potentially Kyle Freeland, 
where he gets skipped a start, if his first two starts are that bad. That's a reality. That could happen in this 60-game season. So uh, I think, yeah, I think it'll be Chi-Chi. Hoffman obviously has a place on this team, and those are your six starters. One of them obviously is going to – two maybe are long relievers at, at the start. And then I think so. And two, you go to the five-man, and then Hoffman's going to be the long reliever. And maybe it's even decided in those two weeks, depending on how much either of them would be needed out of the pen. It would be interesting to see. It'll be it'll be telling early on who comes out of the pen uh, for those you know two inning stints where the starter has gone five, maybe five decent ones. They're trying to bridge to their late inning guys. Do they go to a Hoffman or a Chi-Chi in that instance? Um, and can they win a spot through it? So, but either way, those are the guys. Um, before we fill it in, let's let's go around to the other way. Let's let's do the slam dunk bullpen, guys. Let's do the back end. We know Scotty Oberg, he's there. We know Wade Davis is there. Like whether he's going to be there. Look, folks, he's there. Um, he set the franchise mark for saves two years ago. Okay, he's, he's going to be there. Hopefully, he'll be better. And actually, he's looked good. Uh, he got McMahon on three pitches yesterday. Like filthy stuff. Um, he also walked Daniel Murphy on four pitches. The Wade Davis experience, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he'll be there. Assuming health, now this may be another one. I don't think, because Diaz doesn't, I don't think he's, he, we haven't seen him yet in camp. I don't think, I think he's arrived. I don't know that he's done anything yet. You only need to be able to work up as a reliever to throw an inning. So I've got Estevez and Diaz being there um i i don't think he's going to need the the ramp up that he's going to run into any of those kinds of problems so those are my those are your like for sure back end and and those are the four guys that the bullpen quite frankly just needs to perform in order for this season season to be a success you know oberg davis estevez and diaz to average out to pretty damn good for this team to go anywhere i think diaz might not be on that opening day only because he's he has at the disadvantage of, of having less time to get ready. He'll of course, you know, be on the roster for large majority of the season, and he's going to be so important for them. He he'd be their eighth inning, uh, seventh inning guy, excuse me. Um, but you know, you make a good point. Like you can only throw these guys so much. Like we're we're talking about uh, ten relievers, right? And even if you don't include the long man, that's nine relievers. Like, how many possible innings are you going to need these guys? So, all right, you know, maybe it's, it's mop up duty, or even if it's a, if it's you just like the matchups, you go all right, Hiro, rather than you know just throwing a bullpen, um, or even you know come out to the ballpark early and and and, and face some live hitters. You know what? We're just going to bring you onto that roster. So that that certainly could happen. Um, but if, if I'm kind of maybe going conservatively and, and just saying, you know what, if, if they're not ready, don't, you know, don't put him in that position to, to maybe fail. So I would leave him off just for the opening day roster for right now. Uh, Jake McGee and Brian, Michaud, uh, Brian Shaw would be the next two on the list that you go, they're definitely going to be there or they're probably going to be there. What say you, Drew? Definitely, probably, or another word. Um, gosh, <laughs> so I think it is highly likely that they'll both be there Same. on opening day for Same. the reasons they've remained on the roster since being here. They're making a lot of money. 
Um, there's some looking and squinting at the statistics that makes you think there's a little left in the tank for both of them. Maybe if used just right. Um, and, and then there's also the, the insurance fact of knowing you're going to have these other people around that if they begin to fail, you've got more opportunities of other people to go to. You, you won't be relying on them. If previously they had been the 25th and 26th players on the roster, now they're the 29th and 30th players on the roster. If you want to consider it that way, because I still don't think with as bad as they've been and as, and as much as they, they looked bad in spring training one point, oh, and they've looked bad in summer camp. And I just don't see it turning around for either guy. And, and I think if they cut both tomorrow, most people in the media and most fans would go, great, awesome, cool, glad they cut those guys. Um, but I, as we go through it here, I don't think there are enough other relievers that you can immediately know are definitely going to be more reliable than Sean McGee. And you have the opportunity to allow them to prove that before you cut those guys. Just let them prove it first, and then you can cut those guys. So, yes, I've got Sean McGee on my list. That's precisely right. It's the same conversation that we had in 2018 when it was, oh, man, you got to start Dahl. You got to start Tapia. Well, look, if, if you've got Cargo and you've got Para on the roster, you can, if and when they no longer have it in the tank, or if and when Tapia and Dahl are ready, you can make that change. But you cannot let go of the veterans and just say, have a good day, we're going to get rid of you, whatever, we're going to pay, pay you to pay, play for somebody else. And then if either Dahl or Tapia, the young guy, they don't have it, they're not ready, now you're going to a guy that is in double-A AA or triple-A that isn't even that big of a prospect. So you're really shooting yourself in the foot. And so the, it's the same thing here. If something happens in, on opening day, Marquez or Gray ends up going down after one inning, right? And again, fingers crossed. Yeah, everybody knock on wood out there. <laughs> the worst case scenario, I'm going to try to make it good. Hey, he was removed after one inning, but he's going to make his next start. So even in that scenario, you go, shoot, we got to eat up at least three innings here. Are, do you want to throw in a guy who's yet to make his major league debut, like an Antonio Santos or an Ashton Godot or Ryan Castellani? Do you want to throw him into that situation? And, and and if they're not ready, you know, do they get hurt or does that mess up their confidence? Or do you go, hey, we got these veteran guys, we're paying you. Go out there and eat up a couple innings. And if your ERA balloons because you weren't ready, well, what is that? You know what I mean? Tough You're, rocks, pal. Yeah. Yeah, you, you really weren't a part of the picture in 2021, 2022 like these young guys are. Right. So Makes you know it that what? much easier to cut you? Precisely. Yeah. It's you're, 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 it's just a it's just a better way of, of going about using your 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 faculties that you've got. So I, I think it makes sense to keep those guys around just for veteran presence to just eat up innings. Now that leaves three more spots in the bullpen for me, two for you because you got Diaz making it. I think we would probably both agree 
James Pazos is going to be on that opening day roster, yes? Yeah, that was going to be my other slight caveat to your Sean McGee as as sort of, because I actually, just as I've listed it on the depth chart, not that it really matters, I have Pazos in there as the obvious ahead of those guys. I think immediately. I think as we sit here now today, if the Rockies had a live game this evening and it was an earlier inning situation and Buddy's staying away from the four we've discussed, the late inning guys, the first person he's handing the ball to is James Pazos. I think there's a lot of confidence in this young man. I've got a lot of confidence in him. Uh, I think the Philadelphia well, – I wrote about this in spring training – <laughs> several years ago, it feels like now, but it was, it was this spring training. Um, the Philadelphia Phillies tried to mess up James Pazos, and that is the only time his numbers have been bad, is a little bit with Philly, and as he was trying to re-get back to his old mechanics with a juiced baseball at Albuquerque. That's where his numbers were bad. His numbers in Seattle and his numbers, once he got back to his mechanics, when he came up at the end of the year last year with Colorado, I think James Pazos is the man. I think he's the guy. I think he's for sure on this roster if healthy. Yeah. Uh, so for you, that leaves one guy. For me, that leaves two. My two would be Philip Deal, as you need, might need that other lefty, and a guy that I've I had him off originally. And from all accounts, I've heard that this guy might be a lock, and the Rockies really love this guy. That's Tyler Kinley. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Kinley is who I have uh, wrapping it up, and and a lot of it has to do with, like, I try to stay away from this type of analysis, Patrick, but the look in Bud Black's eyes when he talks about Tyler Kinley's slider, um, Tyler Kinley as a ridiculous slider his swing and miss stuff is absurd there's never been a question and i don't have it in front of me but his strikeouts per nine are double digits they 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 have been his issue has been walks this is a a man coming into his prime who needs to hone it in just a little bit to be that guy and there was you know at spring training he was out there making great hitters look silly with his slider coming in at 92 miles an hour with tilt and break and movement. Yeah, I I think Tyler Kinley's the guy, and I, I think they're going to be looking at him to be what kind of what they were hoping Brian Shaw was going to be when they acquired him, a, a kind of innings-eating right, righty who comes in with that wicked cut movement gets that, that can be helpful against uh, both righties and lefties and uh, – yeah, as long as the fastball plays decently well, I think I think Kinley's the guy. Yeah, and, and he didn't get a lot of coverage in in spring, uh, but as you said, you know, was, was rather dominant. And and one of the reasons why he didn't get a ch- he didn't get a chance to kind of have his moment in the spotlight is because spring training was cut short. You know, you'll you'll notice there's a theme throughout spring training is, you know, once once it all gets going, you're going to hear first about story. Arenado, Blackman, Dahl, the, the stars, they, the cream rises to the top. And then over time you go, all right, let's do another piece on Arenado and let's see how he's doing this spring and what some of his goals are. And then eventually you get around to those position battles and, you know, the, the last spot in the bullpen. You know, ultimately you don't care about, you know, who's going to be in the fifth inning, who's your fifth inning guy or who the last guy in the bullpen is until you get closer to that opening day roster. And while Kinley might be one of those last guys in, in the bullpen – 
there is a, a lot of hope that he can, you know, provide a lot more than just, you know, the the 30th man because he very easily, when when the roster goes from 30 to 28, it could be, you know, what Brian uh, or Jake Kinley's got your spot, and and then you can right. say goodbye to those veterans. So ultimately, when it comes to the pitching staff, Pazos and Kinley are the yeah. yeah you and right. I, the only thing we differ on is will Jairo Diaz be ready and. You've, you almost changed my mind a little bit. If he's not, I think you'd want another lefty in there like a Philip Deal over another righty arm like Yancey Almonte. And I think ultimately if fans try to sit down and make their opening day roster, it, you know, it, it's almost an easy thing to do and, and figure out once you start moving those pieces around. Hey, wait a minute. We can't add all of these new guys that you're excited about because they're not on the 40-man and that means we got to get rid of all these other guys, and, and that's ultimately not going to happen. So that leaves right. the taxi squad. That leaves those three guys that are going to be traveling around for the first three weeks. Now, after the, excuse me, first two weeks, after that point, the taxi squad is going to change because you got to cut two guys on the 30 man to get down to 28. And those last two guys, they might move over to the taxi squad. Right. The only caveat to note for the uh, taxi squad is that of those three players, one of them has to be a catcher. Yeah. And after that, the other two guys can be whoever you would like. Um, Drew, who are some of the guys, or, or who do you think at least uh, for that opening series in, in Texas and in Oakland before they come home against San Diego on August 1st, who do you think is going to be on that taxi squad? Well, as you mentioned, since one of them has to be a catcher, and I, and I keep going back and forth on this and and you may if if i'm convincing you on um oh wait they're both diaz if i was on diaz that i i'm convincing you on diaz jairo diaz if i'm convincing you on jairo diaz you may be convincing me a little bit on elias diaz if he's not quite ready to go then i think the the obvious way is is what you did have butera there then have nunez actually on your yeah. taxi squad and have, have diaz you know get into full strength and see where he's at in a couple of weeks. I think your best case scenario is Walters there. Diaz is immediately available on the bench and Nunez is on the taxi squad. We love you, Drew Butera, but your ceiling is what it, it isn't what it should be. In fact, the best use of Drew Butera ultimately is probably to go down to those satellite uh, games and work with those kids. Like that's what Drew Butera is best at. And that's the main reason he's in the organization is to work with those guys. But if Diaz isn't ready to go yet, that's the other reason you have him, is as insurance. And so um, Nunez, if Diaz is ready to go, I fear that's what will happen, is Nunez will get pushed to the satellite squad, right? And and it'll be Butera on the taxi squad as a more safe option. I've got Nunez, because everybody knows I'm a big, gigantic Dom Nunez homer, whatever, I think the kid's got what it takes. I think he's going to be an impact player one way or another this season. It's just it's going to take a minute to see how it unfolds. Yeah, it actually wouldn't make sense to have Diaz on the taxi squad because between Diaz and Butera, that's now two 40-man roster spots they'd have to move rather than the one. And, you know, people joke and people mock Drew Butera, and he's actually doing the Rockies a major service. Now, going into camp... Even spring training, you go, all right, hopefully Dom Nunez, it, it, it comes together for him. 
if not, hey, this guy was in was in Pittsburgh for three years and did a really quality job. Had a fantastic 2018 season at the plate. Surely, you know, both of those guys are going to be ready. And as it turns out, you know, because of the delayed start and because Diaz having some you know travel issues getting to America, you know what? You need Drew Butera to be your backup until Elias Diaz is ready. And then you say, Drew, thank you for your service. Um, we are we're, we're going to have to DFA you, and then you know he he could he most likely would probably clear waivers. Um, he might even tell teams you know don't pick me up because I don't I don't want to play, you know in Los Angeles. So I, I don't want to play with the Angels. I know you guys need a catcher, or you know I don't want to go to to San Francisco. Maybe he would go to San Francisco. No, if you heard, but. Buster Posey's is a little bit banged up and the the two other catchers that they have in camp you know they they just recently drafted him so that actually could be a spot where you could but if if he doesn't you go well Drew we we still need you a part of this team you understand the business of it go down to Albuquerque work with those guys and again if we need you we will call you up you can also play a little bit of first base he can pick it there so he's he's been very helpful to the entire Rockies organization. So, you know, say what you will, but when Diaz is ready, it, you're most likely that'll be the end of, of Butera's reign. So then you have two more guys on the uh, taxi squad. Are you going two pitchers? Or are you going one and one, one position player, one hitter? For me, I'm going with two pitchers. I, I'm, I've got two pitchers on here as well. And again, I was already, I was leaning toward more pitchers. And I think they just have more options here, as you'll see in a minute, because you, as you said a bit ago for, you know, the 30-man the roster, you wanted that extra lefty in there. And that's where I started with my taxi squad, since I've only got two lefties with McGee and Pazos there. I've got to have Philip Deal staring a hole in the back of Jake's, Jake McGee's jersey from, from the taxi squad out there. Uh, he edges out, though, both Tim Collins, who I think is an interesting candidate, and, and you know, it's it's too bad for a guy like that that he doesn't have a full normal spring training to maybe prove what he could do, that he could be more reliable, maybe less roller coastery of an option uh, than some of these Younger guys, we, you know, Philip Deal is still yet to cement himself in the big leagues. And Ben Bowden, the other lefty in the conversation, has yet to make his major league debut. Uh, and that's why I've got Deal, who was on absolute fire in original spring training, uh, there on that taxi squad. And I think similarly to what you were saying before is, like, he could very easily leapfrog the taxi squad situation if Jake McGee continues to fail and the Rockies do finally decide uh, to cut bait with him entirely, to, to buy him out of the rest of his contract and move him completely off of the roster. I think Philip Deal slides nicely into that spot. And then somebody else, either a Tim Collins or a Ben Bowden, whatever they've been able to prove in the meantime, could maybe step into that. And again, there are some questions about um, Bowden's exact uh, state of health right now. But those are the lefties in, in the conversation. Because I've only got two on the main roster, I have to have a lefty reliever there on that taxi squad, Philip Deal. Yeah, and, and anyone who's on the 40-man has a leg up. They've got an advantage because now you don't need to move somebody off. We right. already know that Desmond and Justin Lawrence are going to be coming off. They're going to restricted lists for their reasons. So that creates two spots. And there's still a third spot that, you know, someone might need to move the 45-day IL. Or if somebody you just added 
in December of last year, you know, an Antonio Santos, possibly, you know, someone like Ryan Castellani, that was actually December 2018. But somebody that you just added, you now have to hope they pass through waivers, and there's a good chance, again, with 60-man rosters, you're going to have these these teams looking to, to just pounce on anyone that is not able to, to roster a player. So anyone on the 40-man is going to have that edge. Uh, so for me, you know, I had deal already on that, uh, already on that that thirty man roster. So the the two uh, other guys I had was Jairo Diaz. So again, we're we're just flip flop Diaz and deal sure. all that. Who's ready, right? And if Diaz is ready, I would go Jairo Diaz over Philip Deal as well. And the other arm would be Yancy Almonte. That would be the other one. Um, you know, potentially, if you decide to go with 16 pitchers on that opening day 30-man roster and 14 hitters, then Jonathan Daza is going to be a guy there that you have on that taxi squad. But as it lays out, I think you got to really make sure you've got enough pitching in the early going. And frankly, outside of, of Tyler Nevin, they are bringing all of their hitters. They're bringing every single one of their hitters on the 40-man roster with them. Uh, on on their opening day day roster, so they've got no flexibility there whatsoever. So uh, ultimately, to to kind of recap things on that original roster, we had 15 and 15, 15 hitters, 15 pitchers. So obviously, with five starting pitchers, that gives us 10 relievers, uh, one long man, nine true relievers, and you still got the taxi squad practicing with the main team. And should something happen, you can go make a move. Uh, accordingly so that's really the best way to go about it other than putting a guy in a a position or a situation in which he might not be ready for it so the guys that we left off without going over the whole list really the the top name that we left. well i had one more on my taxi squad because i yeah because i i'm not taking almonte actually i'm taking tinoco and that was the toss-up for me was between those two guys uh, I think Tinoco having the slightly higher ceiling, having the stuff, is another guy that you can throw out there and say, like, hey, if he's if he's on a heater today, if you know, if he's if he's locating that sinker, man, let's get him in there because as long as he doesn't leave it over the middle of the plate, uh, Tinoco's got some filthy stuff. Almonte's the safer option. You can trust in him. He's got more experience. He's developed a bit more over the years. Um, he's got a better feel for pitching right now at the major league level than Tinoco does. Um, I, but those, yeah, the, and and that's again. This is why I would take the extra pitchers because I think both of those guys have something to offer. Both of them have a little bit of major league experience and have shown flashes of what they can do. And I think you know, could moving forward, especially as the McGees and Shaws go away, and maybe next year Davis as well, depending on how they they deal with that last buyout there. Um. These, these could be the relievers of your future. And so I want to see Tinoco and Almonte get in there. And, and I think you're going to need them more than a player like Daza, who's like the third guy on the bench whose primary skill is speed and defense. Uh, and, and so, yeah, that's why for me, if there was a way to get an extra one of them, whichever one it may be. And, and we even mentioned those lefties, you know, Tim Collins, Ben Bowden, if he's around and ready to go, uh, that I'd like to see. Uh, you mentioned starters that are more intriguing as let's see what they've got. Ashton Godot, Ryan Castellani in an inning or two at the big leagues. 
Uh, I'd rather see them out there than, you know, a Brian Shaw or Jake McGee, obviously, like a lot of people would, or if Wade Davis uh, still continues to have his issues. There's just so many options there. At pitcher, despite the fact that we've gone through a 33-man roster, and it's weird to say the Rockies have so many interesting, you know, question marks at at pitcher where the batters, I feel fairly confident in what we're going to see from Garrett Hampson, Chris Owings, Brendan Rodgers, Sam Hilliard, if he's on the bench, the, the other way. So, yeah, I'll go yeah, with pitching. Yeah, so Ryan Rawlson would be the one guy that we, we left off that you go, oh, man, you brought him into camp. Again, how the Rockies have been talking about him. They've been talking about him as if he's not ready yet, or at least the Rockies aren't ready to give him that opportunity yet. And he hasn't pitched above high A, uh, so you, you certainly understand that. And – Again, you, you want to set him up for success. So it doesn't mean we're not going to see him at any point this season. I think there's a there's a chance you, you could, you know, there's you a chance. see him late uh, in the season. Again, depending on what Pazos deal does, you know, Tim Collins, if he's not on the opening day roster, so if he's not put on the 40-man, he might leave and, and somebody else might give him that opportunity. Same for Daniel Bard, who looked great uh, on Saturday in the intra-squad game. Uh, his socks also look great too. Phenomenal socks. He, he's got the high socks and he with uh, like purple and white rings around the the top of his calf. So he's the only one that I've seen that look out of in in a handful of years. He might be the only one who's done that. So uh, he's been unique, and and somebody else might nab him if he's not put on the forty man because you've got a crunch. Uh, and if everyone's healthy, that could be an issue. Uh, you might lose some of these more veteran guys, but. Um, if, if they understand that, hey, the Rockies have given me an opportunity, I think they will during the course of the season. I'm going to stay put, and we could see them. Alan Trejo is another guy that we could see as, you know, both Hampson and Owings are no longer really, you know, true shortstops. Rogers, because of the labrum surgery, might not be able to do it at the shortstop position. So if something happens to Trevor Story, God forbid, make sure you knock on wood there. Again. Uh, you're going to see Alan Trejo, who um, Thomas Harding is on the same page as, as me. He is criminally underrated when it comes to those prospect rankings because you will not see him anywhere close to a top 30 ranking. And yet, here he is in camp, and here he is doing nothing but impressing you know, the scouts and impressing all the coaches at the major league level. Cracked a, a nice double in the gap yesterday. Again, I think it was against Jake McGee, but it was against a major league pitcher with a great deal of experience. And um, yeah, Trejos looked good. Not as good as Nolan Arenado, but we all do the best we can. <laughs> I heard someone on Twitter called him Machete, and it took me a second machete. to go, Who's Machete? Uh, Trejo. I had a picture of Danny Trejo. Trejo. I'm like, oh, that, that could play. Right. Okay. That could play. All right, we're gonna need that. We're gonna need him to to make it Sign work now for us. That's right. That's right. We're gonna work on that. We're, we're gonna work on that. On that. <laughs> Fuentes, look out for Josh Fuentes and James Pazos. Those are my look out for guys. It's gonna be exciting because with there being a shortened season, there's a lot more that you know you're gonna have to keep these guys fresh too. It's one thing where you say, "Hey, Sam Hilliard, uh, you know maybe we could use you midway through the season," but look. Our guys are going all nine innings, so it's better for you to get the playing time. And Albuquerque, you know, if, if it was a 60-game season last year, you go, well, look, we're going to be mixing and matching everybody until until the entire squad's ready to go that full nine. And, again, if that means pulling guys a little bit early because of the matchup, so be it. I mean, shoot, you could even see a game where you go into the 10th inning, 
Noel Marinata made the last out in the ninth. Someone else is running on second base. Now, he might say over my dead body, and so it might not <laughs> happen, but make no two ways about it. But Black's thinking, shoot, we got to win this game. And, yeah, it could go four more innings, or it could be ended right now. Daza, right. get your butt out there on second base, and then we'll right. sort it out afterwards. So yeah. you're going to see a lot of different, you know, unique things. You could even see that in the ninth inning. That might even sound crazy, where you could do something like that. Like, we just want to sure. keep your legs fresh. We're going back to Colorado in a couple of days. Whatever it is, all hands on deck. You know, it, we're going to see some interesting things, and you're going to need that, that entire 60-man roster to really make, make it gel. And if it does... You could be flying your first NOS pennant some point at the end of September. Let's go, baby. So we're going to keep you updated, of course, on all of that stuff over these next couple of days, how guys are looking out there as they continue to face off against each other. We'll continue to remind you not to overreact either in the positive or the negative too much to the results as they get their playing time in. Uh, we'll continue to talk to you about this roster as it changes and comes into clearer view. And, you know, we're we're getting pretty close now, Patrick. We're a couple of weeks less than away from the projected and hopeful start of this Major League season. Of course, you've got to be following us on social media. We have been tweeting out video right now. They are not streaming these intra-squad games. I've been taking as much video as possible. Uh, Patrick's been taking as much video as possible. So make sure you're following both our personal accounts, at Drew Creaseman and at Patrick D. Lyons, and DNVR underscore Rockies, which will be retweeting all of that video, posting the video as well. So you don't want to miss out on any of it. Sam Hilliard did a rocket double yesterday. I got two Nolan Arenado videos on tape. I also caught Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post dropping a holy shit which was nice it was fun to hear a little bit of flavor and color in the press box so. you might need to get used to seeing those video clips again just on twitter from our accounts and right. with a little noise in the background but very yeah. little because there's no noise elsewhere in the ballpark so if you even have a, a sniffle in your nose the, the microphone's going to pick it up and yet yeah, yeah. next thursday is oh. opening day next oh. friday is the rockies first game right oh. not this week not this week next but next week you can put the word next in the sentence you can regarding the playing of major league baseball that counts in the standing so make sure you're following us make sure that you're subscribed to the dnvr.com we've got all kinds of of content planned for you, including best case scenario, worst case scenario, key players, matchups, everything that you're gonna wanna see this season. We've gotta have our bets guys on soon so that you know where to put your money is. Make sure that you're following everybody so you don't miss out on any of that and just keep being completely and totally awesome out there. We'll keep being completely and totally Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.